I don't know, man. By the time I got to the end, one of my notes here was just like, Thor takes the pole things to stop Malekith. Like, I, I don't fucking... <laughs> Like, yeah, dude. That's where I was by the time we got to that point. I was just like, what are the poles? Uh, uh, what can. Uh, I don't know. What yeah, are they doing? Those were, like, those were like the poles that were like from the beginning. No, I, I wrote down, I wrote down uh, a quote, <laughs> and it's, it's by Eric Selvig. The quote is My gravimetric spikes can stabilize the focal point of the convergence. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, and it was like, and it kind of like those poles also sort of suffered from like the same MCU problem where it's kind of like they just do everything, you know? It's like, it's like they like, they like, dis they like create magnetic fields and disrupt magnetic fields. And then they're also like weapons. And then it's they also could reverse it. That it then, yeah. Would, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's just, it just, it just kind of like, it just does everything. It's like, you know, like what the fuck there was, there was, okay. And maybe this is just the podcast. I don't know, dude, but like there was, uh, uh, so instead of doing what we normally do, where I like follow the plot, I'm just gonna jump around to some shit what? that I feel worth pointing out. Yeah. One sec before you hop into that. What if we just like have this conversation out, right? Uh huh. And then we record an intro and say we couldn't follow our format today because when we hopped on our call to talk about it. We just got into it and we couldn't find the format. So this is going to be our format today. And here's our conversation we had about Thor. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel I feel like I feel like you just did that. Yeah, we could just cut that. Yeah, we could just we, you, we yeah, we could, we could just cut that. That's the intro. Well, that, we can we could do it a little better cuz I also want to like All right. Well, okay, okay. Oh, no, 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 so, <laughs> okay, hold on. So today we're thinking about how we're going to talk about Thor Dark World. Uh, we all three watched this movie and said, uh, that was boring. Right. And I would love to sit here and defend this movie as I did with Hulk. Sure. Uh, but this experience we found uh, was very different. And so instead today... We got on a call, and here was our conversation about Thor Dark World. Easy. Yeah, boom. Simple. Uh, do you have the air horns queued up? Hey. Okay. That, okay. So, um, all right. Yeah. So, I have, I, have, I have some notes. I have some thoughts. Um, but, again, as Dan just mentioned, I think we're probably just going to hop around here a little bit. So, uh, there is one thing that they mentioned in this movie that I want to say is in direct conflict to something that uh, Dan said. Uh, this is a this is a, uh, a Christian slam dunk corner. Can we get the can we get the air horns again? All right, welcome back to Christian's slam dunk corner. There's a there's a moment in the movie which is actually it kind of made the entire movie uh, worth watching where uh loki is like imprisoned by thor and uh or i mean by the asgardians or whatever and then he like loki uh, gets broken out by thor because they need to like go get the ether or and they need loki to do no because loki like knows the way out of asgard or some shit this movie was fucking not that <laughs> it's kind of kind of hard to follow well um, they had hinted in the past that loki knew ways in and out of asgard right. that no one else did i know so. but it's uh, it 
it tracks thematically. I'm just yeah, saying sure, that at that point sure. in the movie, I was just like, I am so ready for this to be over, dude. Um, but uh, <laughs> there's like there's a there's a point uh, where uh, Loki's in handcuffs and he's like, "Hey, uh, brother, you're going to send me out here." Without a weapon, I can't even defend myself. And Thor's like, I don't, I don't trust you, brother. And then Loki's like, you won't even give me my daggers, uh, which uh, is by that is a is a is a slam dunk because in the uh, recap episode that we were talking about, uh, Dan asserted uh, quite aggressively, I might add that uh, Loki's daggers were magic and that he could summon the daggers. He basically yelled at me and like called me slurs when I mentioned the daggers. No. He did, okay. actually. Okay. Yeah, and as the editor, I, 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 I took that out, but it, it, it was, you know, uh, I almost <laughs> wanted to leave it in just so everyone could see how Dan treats John when he thinks no one's listening. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, but yeah, because uh, during the Avengers, he stabs uh, Thor and then and then Thor bleeds, and Dan was like, "Well, yeah, but obviously the daggers are ma- what you think he's just carrying daggers around. Come on, you think he has a Loki utility belt that he pulls daggers out of? But uh, as it turns out, yes, he does have a Loki utility belt that he pulls daggers out of because he specifically requests that Thor give him daggers uh, back in this movie, uh, showing that he cannot, in fact, summon daggers, which then okay. goes back into my thing where it's like what the fuck does loki do i don't okay. get it dan's uh-huh. like pulling now, up hero what i'm gonna do is i just sent you both a link and this is unfortunately a little end game uh spoiler but you'll never know that because it doesn't show anything okay uh of him making a knife this is actually one of the biggest plot points in and or uh, sorry infinity war sure uh and you'll see right here in that gif that he actually does conjure a knife Uh uh-huh okay so what i'll say is you're right in this movie Uh breaking whatever (laughs) lore exists right but also this movie was boring yeah it would yeah it would have been less boring if loki could just summon a dagger but also maybe he like learns how to summon a dagger at some point between now and infinity war or something No, i think we're looking way too far into dark world yeah. i think that's the problem yeah so, look the, you know dark world it had a couple things uh that obviously link back to the mcu but we had this other problem again in this movie where uh and maybe you guys caught it and somehow i didn't this time uh-huh. but we had two different stones referenced right. we had this yeah. cursed stone which they crushed in their hand to become fire monsters and then we had the ether uh which we find out is one of the infinity stones right um but not in stone form where someone in the movie says which at this point whatever someone says uh yeah all the other ones are in the form of stones and then obviously with the end credit scene with the collector we find out that uh a lot of people are looking for those infinity stones yeah or at least one guy is the collector one guy (laughs) mr benicio Wait, so what was the what was the thing that you were hoping we caught? That we had this other problem in this movie, like how we had in the first Thor movie, which is there was the Tesseract, and then there was the Frost Giant box. Right. Right. right? In this movie, we had the Curse Stone, which was also red, 
and then we had the ether which was also red right. and provided powers very vague powers too right yeah it's like again like what can it do versus what can't it do i don't know you know another thing that we got we also uh by the way we got a uh, we got a we got a classic airpline jump yeah i was movie. about to mention that too i was like keeping <laughs> yep. in the, like we're, we're talking about how we can't keep the format of this podcast but there are still things yep. in this movie <laughs> that track across the entire mcu and that's yep. one of them Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a yeah. There's a moment where they're like trying to like escape Asgard, and then he has to like jump from a plane. It's like that. That happened. I'm trying. Okay. Hold on. You know. You know what. You know it might be fun. I literally just watched this movie last night while taking notes on it the entire time. I'm going to tell you what I remember about this movie. Okay. It's been uh, like probably like less than 12 hours at this point uh, since I <laughs> since I viewed this film, and what we got is Jane Foster finds a temporal rift and then ends up because like all the planets are going to collide or all the realms. And then she ends up with aether power um, for some reason. And then she gets taken to, and then Thor shows back up because he has been like in love with Jane Foster and like watching her from afar to make sure she's okay, but he can't like not creepy by the way, right? But he can't like reveal himself to her, and they're and they don't really like get into that. That they're just kind of like, oh, he can't because he can't. But like now that she's in danger, uh, he shows up, and then she gets taken to Asgard, which uh, there was also like kind of a a, a, a another funny moment where when she's like being all infected with the ether. Oh yeah, there's also like uh, dark dark elves too. I guess that's probably a yeah. point I skipped over. That's that that's important for later. Um, but when she's like uh, there. They're like doing this, like uh, they have her hooked up to a machine so that they can see how like the ether, aether is affecting her body, and like she's like, "Oh, is this a temporal transmitter?" And they're like, "What? It's a quantum field generator." Is this is this a is this a quantum field generator? And they're like, "Uh, what would a soul forge? What would what? It's a it's a soul forge. What would a human know?" And she's like, "Well, does it does it transfer molecules from one place to another?" And then the woman operating the machine like looks at her in awe of her godlike intelligence. It's like, why? Why, yes. Yes, it does. Just like, aha, temporal, whatever the fucking thing was. Like, uh, and I, I hated that. That wasn't fun. Um, just that, that was that was upsetting. And then um, I guess the ether's bad. And then... Thor, yeah, okay, yeah, Dan. Well, you missed you missed the best part of the movie. Okay, what's the best part of the movie? Please enlighten me. Jane on a date with Chris O'Dowd from IT Crowd. Oh my god! Uh, and then he slips her a note yeah. underneath <laughs> her menu that just says "Hi." Dude which carries also, a pen wherever yeah. he goes. <laughs> Dude right? A yeah, pen, he, yeah. yeah. It's, he, he's so used to just being like cucked by women that he's just like, "Ha ha! I have my, <laughs> oh, no. I have my, I have my oh, pen no. for when they'd stop paying attention to me." 
Yeah. And then like my other kind of thing too was like, I mean, like he's like, he's kind of like date much, you know, like whatever, where it's this thing where it's like, why is like Jane Foster even like on this date? There was really like no context for that. And like, unless I missed something, but she's like, obviously like not over Thor. And they're just like kind of sitting there like on this like date that she like obviously agreed to, but it's like, why did she even like agree to like, it's like, who is this guy? Like, I kind of get it if he was like, he's like, oh, I'm a scientist that's going to help you with your research. But it didn't really like paint it. Like, he's just like some dude that she's online dating. Yeah. And and when he was in his office, there was no clear sign of what work he did. He was yeah. just like at a printer. Yeah. He's just like, he's right. just like a guy. And yeah, she's just like, oh, office. yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm still hung up on my ex who's a literal god but i guess i'm gonna dip my toe into the online dating pool like with this fucking random dude like it was just weird like it felt disjointed and then can we like talk about how little i like the fucking nerd chick comedy relief character what the fuck is her darcy darcy dude i'm like Darcy was, like, written by, like, a guy uh, who loved Hot Topic in the early 2000s. It's, like, she's just, like, the personification of, like, lol, random kind of humor. Um, She says, uh, like, banana balls at one point. And that's pretty early into the movie. And I think that that was about when I completely checked out. (laughs) I was, like, I was holding out a little bit. But it's just, like, yeah, I I don't know, dude. I thought, yeah, anyway... uh, Wait, and then, okay, and so hold on. So going so going with the theme of this movie, let's just get this out of the way so that we can talk. Okay, so then you have in Asgard, like the ether is like bad because the Dark Elves want it, and then they like try and get it, and then Thor kills the main guy, and then the mo- and then the movie's over. And I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that was the basic gist. Yeah. yeah. That was basically what it was. Now there were a couple uh, key-ish moments sure. here. Uh, uh, Frigga, the mother, dies a- at some point here uh, to Malekith, um, which will affect Loki's future storyline. Uh, Loki has another death and then reappearance mm-hmm. as Odin. Yeah, that's that's fun, I guess. Yeah, we get our first references to the Infinity Stones in this movie uh, with the Aether and uh, knowing that there are more out there that uh, are are trying to be collected. Uh, obviously, we've seen Thanos at this point, right? So we know that he exists. Uh, but yeah, across the board, I guess the, the problem for me is that the Dark Elves weren't laid out as to why they were dangerous or important. Yeah, well, it just it fell flat. Well, they also they also did like this was like a complaint that I sort of had with like the heart of the frost giants in the first Thor movie that then sort of comes up here where it's like the ether is just the heart of the frost giants round two sort of where it's like this thing and then they like fought a war over it. But then it's like it's not really clear exactly what it does. Like it like infests people, but it also like uh like feeds on their life energy to like give them power but what the power is is sort of nebulous and then when it was like taken from the dark elves 
the dark elves like died because they need it because it's the source of their power but then it's like all the dark elves didn't die. like some of them are fine but now they're just on this eternal quest to like get it and it's like it was just like in like a tower or whatever and it's like and then it was tape but it also can't be destroyed it's like it's just it's and it, and i guarantee it's never going to be relevant again you know like so it's just sort of like what the fuck is that i don't know um yeah, the, thing, the thing with the yeah. dark elves is that they're just like like even we get a voiceover at the very beginning of the movie it's like odin telling the history of asgardians versus dark elves and like basically all he says about the dark elves is like uh the dark elves are evil because they're dark and they have this ether which uh helps them be evil and then like we took it away and now they can't be evil and then they come back and it's like they still have really no motivation it's just like they want to kill the world but it's right. like why like wh what does that do for you dark elves? yeah the yeah the the Dark Elves are to the Thor universe what Pakistanis are to the Iron Man universe. <laughs> just, you know, just uh, uh, yeah. convenient, just convenient villains that just hate Asgard. We need to we need we need yeah. to go take care of them. I mean, I tried to like I try to be as uh, neutral going into these movies as possible, because obviously someone's got to balance you guys out. But it's like. I had such a hard time giving, I mean, I guess maybe this is like, maybe this is like the perfect podcast for me because I didn't really have anything to say, good yeah. or bad. It was just like a lot of little nitpicks that don't really matter and like nothing good. I, I think that what I came away from in this movie is that, um, and there's some background here I want to give to you that might help understand why this uh, movie uh, came out the way it did. But one of the things I call out in a lot of our other podcasts is how there are a lot of things that move forward in the MCU, like how characters continue through or storylines or whatever. But if you think about it, uh, and if, you know, John, I guess, uh, like Darcy's intern never makes another appearance again. I didn't Chris even O'Dowd never makes another appearance again. Yeah, like there's so many things that happen in this movie that never get talked about again. But at the same time, there's like these two or three really big things that happen in this movie that do make an impact in the future. So for example, right. Loki in his cell telling that monster, which I don't even know, the cursed guy to go left up the stairs is something referenced again in the Loki TV show in phase four. Right. And then obviously the ether is one of the infinity stones. Right. But like outside of those two moments, nothing really continues from this movie. Like Lady Sif and uh, Fandral and all these other characters don't really get any story progression, which, by the way, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, but Fandral's actor was swapped to Zachary yeah. Levi. I, this. I was wondering, like, who the hell is that guy? I couldn't place that it was Zachary Levi until maybe halfway through the movie. Um, but the other actor who had done it in the previous movie uh, was filming Once Upon a Time. Uh, and so he wasn't able to do this movie. Um, but the director of this movie, by the way, so just real quick, produced by Marvel Studios, distributed by Walt Disney Studios. Alan Taylor was the director of this movie, and he had done directing work on Game of Thrones. And he said that he wanted this movie to have a more grounded feel, which 
in the early parts of the movie when they're like celebrating and they're having drinks. It's very Game of Thrones ish. Dude, I was just talking about how like that scene of Thor when like everyone's kind of like making merry, yeah. drinking. One one of Thor's buddies got like two girls on his lap or whatever. That like was a direct comparison to the first House of Dragon episode that just aired. Like it was almost shot for shot, but without any nudity. Like yeah, it's it. it's a, it, yeah, and it's actually funny that you say that because I noticed that too. I didn't even know that it was like the Game of Thrones dude, but like even like <clears throat> like the shot because like in the first Thor movie, a lot of the shots of Asgard are they kind of like almost do this like this like neo future like neon light like slick metal Bright. you know br- yeah. yeah whatever. Whereas, like, in this one, it was, like, establishing shots of King's Landing. Like, it was, like, like a lot more. Like, it was, like, sweeping, you know, with your sort of, like, rolling green pastures and your large bodies of water and your waterfalls and, like, birds flying by. Like, yeah, it was very Game of Thrones-y, so that that, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, and it like, I guess maybe that sort of like speaks to something I found like kind of interesting about like watching this is the fact that like, like, you know, we've done this podcast for a while and, you know, it's all this, you know, we sort of like, I mean, obviously, you know, we're kind of like goofing around a little bit too, but like, it's like, you know, it's like critical analysis of the things that we're watching. Right. Like, you know, and ultimately it's like, I think that usually when I don't like something, I can be like, this is exactly why I didn't like it. Or this is exactly why I did or whatever. This movie was sort of weird to me. Cause it's like, all the components were there. It's like the it, like it's like it's like it was acted fine. Like the landscapes, I would actually say like Asgard looked way better this time around than it did when we saw it previously in Thor. That's my opinion on that. I liked the more, you know, sort of like medieval kind of style that they were going for. Um, you know, the CGI, the CGI in the original Thor, I thought that shit was fucking trash. I thought the CGI in this one, there were, you know, when they're like throwing like the grenades that are like sucking people into it or whatever. I was like, that's good. It's cool. Like, it's like, there's a scene where it's like, you know, uh, uh, one of like the, uh, the fire monster dudes like grabs a guy and like sucks all the life energy out of him. And he gets old like quickly, you know, like while he's draining the life. And I'm like, that was like cool. Like I thought the costumes were n- neat. I liked that it wasn't just like cheesy Thor and like, you know, like even like cloaked Thor or whatever. Like I was like, that's like a cool look, you know, like the, you know, it's like, it's weird. It's like all the components were there. There was actually like a lot of shit in this movie where I was like, oh, that's cool or that's fine or whatever. But it all just like, I can't even exactly put my finger on what it was. I just fucking hated it. It's like it had all these like tiny things about it that I didn't hate, but like it all just piled up to be this thing i did not enjoy at all yeah thor had a much better look in this movie than avengers and oh, the first hundred percent yeah. dude yeah. yeah yeah i i can't really place it either and also i liked loki's story i liked the fact that he was kind of affected by the death of his not mother yeah i liked mm-hmm. that we got to see his uh hologram breakdown of him like uh, pretending to be good and then he like finally releases the hologram you see him yeah. with his hair down and like totally messed up and i kind of want to talk about that scene in particular because i think like i think that scene is a big example of why this movie doesn't work 
Um, and it's because like I remember watching the scene, and I during the whole movie, I kind of felt like I was like the casting director, or not even casting director. Well, okay, yeah, let's just stick with that example for now. I felt like I was a casting director, like giving getting people to give me auditions, and then like them giving me the audition and then me being like yeah that was okay but like give me more you know like put a little bit more energy into it and like that scene in particular is like one of these moments where i was like this scene could have been so fucking cool but the thing is is that the whole like dramatic part of that scene is that is the reveal of loki being like in fucking shambles and like all the parts of the room tossed around and he's like bloodied up He's been, like, stepping on glass and shit. But they give away the reveal so early into that scene. Like, Thor confronts Loki, and Loki says, like, two, like, one or two lines trying to pass off that he's, like, fine. And then Thor's like, all right, Loki, like, cut the act, bro. And then and then it's just gone. And then they yeah, just Yeah, then reveal. Loki's just like, oh, okay, I and guess, like, all right. So, then. like, what I was thinking is, like, you could have had, like, this whole... uh low-key facade go on for like 75 percent of the scene build up the drama you know build up the drama between thor and loki and like thor kind of uh pushing loki to be like yo like what you didn't give a fuck about our mom dying or anything like that and then finally at the end of the scene then we get the reveal that loki is just like putting on a facade and he's actually broken down you, you know? could have pushed it even further too, though. Like even all the way up to his death scene, he couldn't have re revealed something like that. Then maybe as he's dying, he reveals it. Yeah. You know, like as a last stitch effort to make Thor not completely hate him. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, you're right. That would have that would have been better. Cause I, I I agree with that too. It's like I mean, it's kind of supposed to be this like impactful moment, and then they're just they sort of just like uh, shoot their wad really early, yeah. and it's uh, left me feeling unsatisfied. Yeah, and that's something that the entire movie suffers from is they have a lot of good components to it, but then they also have a lot of like extra shit that didn't even need to be there that takes up time that they could have used better for the parts yeah. that did work. Right, like every single scene with Darcy? Every single scene with Darcy. Not only every single scene with Darcy, but they even had to give her a fucking male counterpart that didn't matter in the first place. Yeah. 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 You know, and another yeah. if we're if we're if we're nitpicking like things I didn't like, another thing is that like I actually like the lady Sif, is it Sif or Siv? Sif. S I F. Okay. The la the lady Sif, she's like really one of the only like female characters in the Marvel series that I've been like, oh, I, I'm not like a little offended at how she's written, right? Like, like, like kind of like in the first like Thor movie, I was like, oh, she's just like cool. It's like, you know, she's fucking like calm and collected and put together. She has the powers too. So it kind of makes sense. She's sort of like take no shit, you know, like Thor's like her platonic buddy and they're like just, you know, pals and they're going to like go and fuck things up together. And they obviously sort of have this like deep bond with one another and they look out for each other and whatever. And then it's like they, 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 they fucking, they fucking did like a Marvel thing to her in this movie, which kind of annoyed me where it's like, they, they just sort of made her like a two-dimensional jealous love interest kind of thing yeah. or it's like where the fuck did that come from and they didn't even really expand on that either it was just limited to like 
some weird looks and that was it right totally yeah. dude like yeah and it's like it's like it didn't feel like it mattered and again it felt like it almost sort of like retconned what their relationship had been established to be yeah. in thor which i thought was like cool it's like they're you know they're like they're they're buds they're adventuring buddies yeah. and, you know whatever and then in this one she's like oh jane foster you know and she and they just kind of make her this like jealous fucking person out of like nowhere because like she's supposed to be the love interest but then that doesn't even go anywhere you know like it's just sort of like what was like like why like why make her a fucking emotional damsel in distress like like there was no point to do that and then they just sort of did it anyway and then there was no payoff and it's like why was there even tension yeah. there in the first place that was weird that's what that's what it is. Is there's no payoff to anything in this movie. No payoff to anything in this movie. It's like a lot of shit was set up and then like it's just kind of like why like who cares like the dude that Jane's dating, who cares Darcy's intern, who cares Sif who cares like even like the ether shit it's like still i get that it's like infinity stones that might matter later but i mean it could have just been the infinity stone without this fucking movie existing you know yep. like i mean it's not it's not as if they made it a point to be like it's like it's like it was contained in the first place so then like the end of the movie is like what well, it's just contained again like it's like it, it already was like the it's like it's like it really could have just been like oh yeah the asgardians have this infinity stone contained but they need to get rid of it for you know i, I, I don't know does that, does that does that make sense i'm kind of meandering yeah. now but it just it just felt like there was just like a lot of shit that didn't meandering matter much like this movie did much like this movie did yeah yeah there was also like the part where Thor uses his hammer and lightning and strikes Malekith in the face, and then he's like two face. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they he kind of reveals it later that his face is halfway burnt, but like, but it's like why? Again, just it doesn't what it doesn't matter. Yeah, like he's not like now I'm really mad at Thor and I want to get revenge. It just he's still continuing on the same journey. It didn't change his journey in any way, shape, or form. But now he has a scar on his face. Right. Yeah. But they like reveal it like he's Two Face in Batman. Right. Like now, right? Like, like, like now he's gonna go full sicko mode, and then it's <laughs> exactly, just the same exactly. shit. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And the whole time it doesn't. It again. I think the problem is it doesn't feel like Malekith is in any way caring about any person he's going after or anything he's fighting for. And it's still not even made clear what the ether is going to do to affect the nine realms. I guess it's going to destroy it, but like, why? Yeah, but also why? like, what? no, it's because the dark elves crave darkness, Dan. Come on, weren't you paying attention to the movie? <sighs> But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, that's, that's literally the plot explanation is that it's like uh, the dark elves, they hate uh, light. And it's like, and it's kind of like funny too, because it's like, it's like, it's, it's not, it's not even, it's not even this like, you know, like euphemism for destruction or whatever, because you see a scene where it's like in like Jane Foster's like eyes, when she has like the ether, like she sees the world going dark, you know? And it's just like, 
it's just like she doesn't see like the earth exploding or like everyone dying or what it's just there's like it's like there's a bunch of lights on the planet and then all the lights go out and it's like that's that's the that's that's the dark elves it's like you know you better hope you don't have electricity present on your planet or else you're going to be a target for these fellas <laughs> one thing i did want to note is that there are a couple of very small moments in this movie that do set up how chris hemsworth uh, takes a little bit more charge of what Thor does in the future with Taika Waititi. So one of the things is when they walk into the apartment towards the end of the movie, um, Thor walks into the apartment and puts his hammer on the coat rack. Yeah. Right. And it's this little moment that a lot of people called out as kind of like an interesting way to kind of treat Thor as like this person who's kind of like not super self-aware, but this was an improvised moment by Hemsworth and they kept it in the movie. Yeah. There's also him like getting on the train to get back to Greenwich uh, towards the end of the movie when they're fighting the elves and he teleports away. And this like kind of idea of this really over the top superhero grounding himself more in comedy than in Game of Thrones uh, is the path they're going to take moving forward, which is why Thor becomes then one of the more popular movie uh, uh, heroes as uh, Ragnarok comes out. Because Ragnarok does extremely well compared to the previous two Thor movies while taking it a completely different direction yeah. than these two. Well, it's it's interesting that you say that, too, because something that I was actually going to call out, but that makes sense, is that like <clears throat> I feel like the only parts about Thor's character that I liked in this movie, which is actually like a weird departure from the first, like in the first movie, I thought it was like every time he's just like, I am Asgardian mortals. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought it was cringe and stupid, but I, but actually I liked it when it happened in this movie because it was toned down so much from like, yeah. it was like, it was more, it was more the subtle implication that like this guy is like, you know, he's like, he's trying. And, may and maybe that was like the difference is that he's like, in this one, it sort of felt like he's like a fish out of water, but he's kind of like attempting to at least like do human shit. He's just bad at it, you know? Like, yeah, which was yeah. like kind of fun, I guess. Um, and so it's interesting when you say that like Hemsworth like uh, did that on purpose because I'm like, that's like the only Thor dynamic I really liked in this movie in the first place was that shit. Like, um, and I felt like it was campy. Like, honestly, dude, like, uh, you know, the first Thor movie, like, I straight up did not like it. Like, I didn't like how it was written. I didn't like how it was, like, portrayed, I, you know, whatever. And, you know, this one is the same but worse somehow I, I somehow like this <laughs> less than the first thor yeah. movie but like the direction of the character of thor i kind of like more in this movie like i feel yeah. like yeah. thor is which again is so weird because this movie sucks so fucking bad like it was such a fucking waste of my time it's insane but <laughs> even that being said it's like it's like Thor as a character, despite all of that, is better in this movie than he was in the Avengers and than he was in Thor 1. Like, for sure. It was just everything else was, 
Like, and they, and they, and and maybe that's kind of like my problem with this shit is that it's like it's just so fucking forgettable, dude. It's like it's kind of funny that like when we were talking about it, you know, you guys were sort of like, oh yeah, I don't remember Thor: Dark World, and I was like, oh, how could you not remember, you know? And now again, I watched it, and I'm like, I don't remember Thor: Dark World. I watched it yeah. like nine hours ago. I don't fucking remember it. It's like this is like such a forgettable experience. Yeah, this dude. movie is like the equivalent of like the Men in Black like flasher thing where it's like totally. you look at it and then you forget everything the fuck they fucking want you to forget no yeah completely dude it's like it's like you just get like two hours of your life just memory hold yeah. it's like you're never getting it back and you won't remember how you spent it and it's funny because when when we were talking about how we didn't remember it i was thinking back i was like when did this movie come out it came out like 2009 or 10 13 really 13. Yeah. Oh yeah, my. Yeah, because we're in phase God. two. Okay. Yeah, see, yeah. So I was thinking it came back. It came out like like 2010 ish, and I was like, maybe I don't remember it because I was fucking high in the theater, and I just you know I just don't remember it because of that. But no, I like rewatching this. I was like, a lot of this feels vaguely familiar, so I definitely did watch it. But yeah, it was just real forgettable. Also, yeah, like, dude. The uh, the like the rock dude that Thor pummels yeah at the start of the movie i was like i don't remember this monster at all i was like it kind of looks like korg now that i'm thinking about it but also this is back to a previous point of what uh christian said earlier it's this whole thing of like no payoffs yeah it's kind of just like immediately and also no build-up to your point too john which is like loki immediately revealed himself right in that moment in the in the cell in this moment, you think, okay, great. We're going to see, like, a an early fighting scene to, like, see how Thor is doing in his new, you know, after the Avengers and, you know, how's he changed and all this. And then he does one hit and the rock monster's dead. And that's, like, that's it. That's the whole story. Everyone uh, uh, surrenders and then they move on, right? That was the whole scene. Yeah, which, you know, I guess, like, I can kind of appreciate that scene, uh, like, as kind of like an Indiana Jones homage, you know, because there's that, like, scene in uh, Temple of Doom. I don't know, dude. It's been a minute since I saw those movies. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, whatever, where like where he's like in the town and then there's like a swordsman that comes up to Indiana Jones and he's like, like doing all these like impressive sword moves and he's like, ah, on guard. And then Indiana Jones just takes out a gun and shoots him, you know, and everyone's like, oh shit. Like, uh, and I feel like they were trying to sort of like do that, which, which, which is like fine. That's a fine thing to do. But I think sort of the point that, like, Dan made, it's, like, that can't be every single instance of conflict throughout the entire... Like, it's not funny if if that's just what happens every time. It's just sort of... Yeah. Like, if you want to take that, that, like, criticism, like, a little... A step further, like, if we're trying to be, like, actual analytical about this, the reason that (laughs) that scene in Indiana Jones works is because it gives us a little bit of his character, like... He's not the typical hero who's going to, like, play a fair fight. Like, if he has got a gun, he's going to fucking shoot you with it, right? He's going to take whatever opportunity he can to get out ahead. In this one, like, Thor, like, just wins because he's Thor. Like, there's... Yeah. There's not Yeah, you're right. Like, it it doesn't really speak to the character. It's like, he'd hit you with Mjolnir... 
no matter what. Yeah. So it's not. Re- <laughs> so it's just. So he he's just he's just doing what he does. It's just the guy dies in one hit. You know. There's yeah. another thing I wanted to point out to you that I was just like, what the fuck? Like, who wrote this fucking movie? Or it's like there's this like point at the end where um like after the climactic battle with Mr. Robot, there's this fucking building that's like about to fall on Thor. And it's, like, coming down on him. And Jane Foster is, like, trying to drag Thor out of the way, but can't. And then she, like, throws herself on top of him as if to, like... It's just, like, what the fuck was that, dude? Like, it's, like, that was fucking so stupid. It's, like, it wouldn't even kill Thor, bro. Like, I mean, you know, like, Thor's power. I mean, you can, like take Thor and launch him out of Earth's atmosphere and he's good, you know? And it's like, and and so like what? And, and, and like, I mean, I feel like Jane Foster is sort of like, you know, I mean, she's sort of like the trope, like, you know, she's the, she's the, oh, she's dude, the girl she's love so interest. In yeah. It's like, you know, so she, she needs to be like in peril and that's the whole fucking thing. Cause that's how you're going to feel emotionally connected to the characters. Like I get it. But on the flip side, I'm like, they are like, like they're like, well, you have three PhDs. So she's like simultaneously, like you're supposed to be like, oh, she's like this brilliant genius scientist. But she, but like everything she does is just stupid. Like she just does dumb shit constantly. And it's like, what even is this character? You know. Also, like, she spends the entire run of the movie passed out. Like in every yeah, scene, sure. she falls. Like she, she just faints. Yeah. And it's kind of like. I feel like it was Marvel's way of being like, okay, shut up. You don't get to complain about this movie. Like, you yeah. don't get lines. You're just going to be, like, in the corner past <laughs> yeah, out. You're just going to be past the fuck yeah. out, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they all, they, I feel like they did a lot of characters wrong in this movie. Uh, and I think that's the problem. And what we'll find moving forward is that they actually retcon a lot of this, right? They get rid of the intern, the intern's intern, I guess. They make Darcy more about like women empowerment in the future movies and shows and things like that. Like she's not this like lull random kind of character in the future. Uh, you know, we never see that Chris O'Dowd character, the guy that she went on a date with at the start of the movie. Again, we never even reference it. Also, that guy is the ninth doctor of doctor who. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Sorry. Uh, I was no, thinking that, of Malekith. Malekith. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah. Malekith is the ninth doctor. He's the one who reboots doctor who in 2005. Um, which is, uh, again, it was kind of wild to hear his voice. But they also did uh, Loden, uh, sorry, Loden, Odin dirty in this movie. Dude, yeah, what the was fuck was that, that dude? Dick. <laughs> like, uh, when, look, I get it. Frigga dies. They're like lifelong companions, you know, whatever. They've been together forever, and that's a terrible moment. But they don't show his grief in any way. And then all of a sudden, he's a dick. And all of a sudden, he's Thor from the first movie. Yeah. Like, I will win the war. That's the difference between myself and Mal. Like, they didn't, like, go into any background on it. They never went further with it after that scene. They never, like, showed his grief in any way. They just, like, made him a dick, and then that was it. Yeah, well, right? and, and, and especially because the entire plot of the first movie, the whole thing was, like, Odin being, like, Listen, dude, even when even when the deck is stacked against you, you can't react emotionally. I've been alive yep. for 400 million years, and this is what <laughs> I've learned. If there's one thing that you need to take away from me, it's the fact that you must act with compassion and reason. 
good. And then in this movie, he's just like, I'm I'm a warmonger. That's kind of my thing. I just I, yeah. I wage wars, you know? Yeah. You know what's funny too it just, is yeah. that like Thor at there's a line. Thor at the end of the movie delivers this line that's supposed to be like kind of reverent to to Odin, but it ends up coming off as like sort of flaming <laughs> Odin because he's like turning down the position of king and he was like I would rather be a good man than a glorious king or some shit like that. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you just called your dad like not a good person. Yeah. By that line. It was just kind of funny. Yeah. It the other thing too, which I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack a little bit here on my thoughts on oh, how Loki. dare you. Here we go. Uh oh. Um well the powers weren't explained well for this movie for a lot of things, right? right? And uh, and often aren't, by the way. However, the one thing that they did in this movie, which didn't make any sense for Loki, is it seemed like when he transformed into Odin, like he got his memories in some way. Like the way that Odin was speaking to Thor was not like Loki pretending to be Odin. It was as if Loki like had background context of previous conversations with Thor from Odin's perspective. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, at the end of that conversation, if he didn't turn into Loki, there weren't like any things Odin no. said that would have necessarily made you thought it was Loki. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Well, and again, it's like, I mean, and, you know, I'm willing to accept that perhaps you defend Loki as a character because he stops sucking at some point. But like all the Loki stuff that I've seen up till now and the only real context I have for it is that, again, it's like it's like what the fuck does Loki do? Because Loki kind of seems like he does everything and nothing all at once. And to your point, that is, like, I noticed that, too, where it's like, I'm kind of like, he, in that moment, has the context of conversations that he absolutely was not privy to, like, in that movie, right? Like, yeah. they're, like, referencing things that happened in the movie when, like, Loki was... So it's like, was Loki just Odin the whole time? But, like, no, he because he no, was definitely yeah. in that cage, so it's like it just doesn't even like matter and you know it, and also like you know even when he like changes into Captain America at some point in the movie he's like he's it's like it's Loki doing Captain America which like makes more sense I guess but yeah, so, but yeah, so yeah. they already kind of like break their own structure like within the movie because you already sort of see him do that but he's like very Loki-esque you know and yeah, then exactly. and then and now he's just Odin and he has well, a regular Odin conversation. And what we're gonna see in future movies is he's gonna shape shift into people and be the Loki version of them. Right. Right. So yeah, I think a lot of this movie ends up just completely being forgotten through the rest of the MCU because there are things here and decisions that were made here that just didn't make sense, characters that didn't make sense, like it just, yeah, it was some kind of weird departure here. And I think this is a turning point for Thor for sure. But hopefully, you know, I think uh, they kind of took this into account for all future MCU movies, which is like, this was the wrong direction. And when it comes to villains, we need to be a bit 
uh, smarter because again, this was just fell flat. They got a really good actor to play Malekith, but he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, like there was nothing for him to to act, act out. Yeah, <laughs> it was just him going place to place to place. Well, and another another thing, kind of like in that too, is like I. Uh, you know, one of my like biggest critiques during the entirety of phase one that seemed to be sort of shifting towards the phase two stuff is something that I think that this movie suffers from where it's like nothing really feels like it's like that impact. It's like everything kind of happens yeah. in this vacuum where it like it almost didn't really matter one way or another. You know, like this could have been like a three second snippet at the start of the next Thor movie where it's like. Where it's like, you know, since you've seen Thor, he fought back the dark elf army and 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 <laughs> yeah. regained control of the ether. And it's just kind of like done, you know, but instead they have to like drag it out over the course of two hours. And like, I sort of liked how it's like, okay, Avengers like raised the stakes. And then it's like, yeah, Iron Man 3 raised the stakes even higher. It's a global conflict, you know, whatever. And then you just end up with this Thor thing where it's like, we're back. Okay. So we're just back to like no stakes really, you know, like it's just, this is like, fuck it. Like nothing's happening and no one's, you know, it's like, and I get that it's like the stake is sort of like the, the, the whole everything in the universe, but it's almost like so grandiose that it loses its impact, you know? Yeah. Because, well, just like there, because like the thing is, if it's like destroying New York, that's like on a small enough scale that you're like, maybe the writers will just have them drop a nuke in New York. That could that could feasibly happen in the context of the Marvel universe, you know? It's like like, you know, with Iron Man, like, you know, something's happening at Stark Tower. It's like maybe they'll just blow up Stark Tower, which would have further reaching implications. And is like it's grandiose enough that it would make an impact, but it's like small enough that you could like it, it, it could feasibly happen within the movies. And then, you know, they're dealing with the ramifications of it later. But as far as destroying the nine realms and plunging them into darkness, it's like they're not going to do that. So it's so there is no like, oh, what if they did? Like, it's just it's not going to happen. So it's like. I lose emotional connection to a negative outcome to the story anyway, because the thing that they're threatening the universe with is too large for them to even go through with it. So they're just not going to. Yeah. They haven't like built it up. Like that's like basically an end game level threat that they're yes. giving you yeah. in this yeah. like random Thor dark world movie. Um, and here's my thesis about why this movie sucks so bad is because uh, our post credit scene is teasing Guardians of the Galaxy, and you can already see the difference in like the between the movies of Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor: Dark World. Just in the post credit scene, like everything is already like super colorful. The actors are like weirder and uh, and like more eccentric, and it just like that post credit scene gave me more than I did watching the entirety of this movie. And I think it's because they were like, okay, we're pouring everything we have into Guardians of the Galaxy. That's our ambitious movie. And this one fell by the wayside. And yeah. I have no evidence to prove that that's the case, <laughs> but that's my headcanon. 
Well, yeah. you know, you made an interesting point, uh, Christian, about also Iron Man 3, about how it took what happened in Avengers and then showed the outcome, really, right? Like, we saw how that affected Tony, how it affected his life, how it affected him as Iron Man, and then it stepped up the threat, right? Yeah. But what would have been really great, and in fact, I think this movie, Thor Dark World, skipped over what could have been... I think a great storyline in a great movie, which is Thor comes back to Asgard. The Bifrost needs to be rebuilt and the nine realms are in peril, right? The nine realms are in peril. The Bifrost is destroyed. Asgard doesn't have its same, uh, a way to get through to all the other realms to keep things in check and keep things in peace. Yeah. And they skipped over that whole story. Yeah. That story there could have been, the next Thor movie. Right, and that is a lot more interesting to your point because it's actually like a continuation of events that you're already aware of. Yeah. So and it we could logically, have seen yeah. Yeah, we could have seen different realms. We could have seen different art styles in each realm and like different characters. Maybe there is some type of overarching dark elf villain who knows the Bifrost is down and now can infiltrate other realms without the protection of Asgard for those realms, right? Like, they could have done that and then ended the movie with the Bifrost being rebuilt, peace being restored, and Thor showing up on Earth. You know what, dude? Uh, yeah, because yeah. that because the actual like end end credit scene, like like the one like you know, after the collector, where it's like Thor coming down onto Earth and then making out with Jane Foster. That was the, the same thing. Dumbest motherfucking thing. <laughs> I was aggressively upset. But you saying that, if I think about it, if that had just been the end credit scene, but after they repaired the Bifrost and that was like the big payoff is that he gets this like this this reuniting yep. with Jane Foster at the end of the movie, that would have been fucking I mean, I'd still probably yeah. wouldn't have liked it, but that would have made sense. Like <laughs> I'm like, you know, that would have been fine. You yeah, know that, I mean? that would have removed like a big point of confusion for me is I was like the entire time I was like, when the hell did the Bifrost come back? Yep. Like because I remember yeah. Thor teleported to Earth in the Avengers, but like at the at the end of Thor one, like that was the whole point was that the Bifrost was gone; he couldn't visit Earth anymore. So yeah. like, what? When did that happen? How did that get rebuilt? And then it also begs the question: the, the Bifrost being destroyed was that really like that big of a problem to begin with? Like, could they have just done that at any point and not really suffered severe consequences from it? Yeah, I. I, I don't know. Yeah, because it, it kind of seems like when it's destroyed, it's like, this is a big fucking yeah. deal, everyone. Like, yeah. oh my God. Uh-oh. Uh Uh-oh. Oh boy. Oh geez. That's not good at all. And then they're just like, oh yeah, we, we fixed it. It's partially the Bifrost. It's also partially Heimdall in his capacity being able to see through the nine realms and see what's happening. It's kind of like the Bifrost is the overarching watchtower for you know the nine realms and keeping things in check and when that's gone and heimdall is gone from that uh that's when the problems arise right but yeah again like they kind of skipped over this idea of that nine realms they could have had it where they had uh the companions with thor right lady sif and fandral and all of them going to all the nine realms and doing all this fun stuff it could have been like a really interesting fun movie that had a real impact but instead they like talked about how the nine realms were a problem were at war were all of these things 
And then the story of Thor Dark World was that the nine realms were in peril by something else. Yeah. Right? So it's just mm -hmm. like, why did they skip over the other nine realms problem? Because that seemed like the more interesting version of it. Yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... And this is why, again... They call me the Kevin Feige of Cape shit. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. You know, because I should have uh, handled this movie personally. Yeah, it's just, yeah, man. I mean, it's just kind of like every direction that they went in in this. Like, and, you know, I kind of said it at the top too, but like I really sort of was actually looking forward to watching Thor Dark World because I had heard so much negative stuff about it. I kind of thought it was going to be like a fun <laughs> romp, you know? And instead I just left it sort of feeling depressed, you know? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, it just, it just, it just, like, it, like, it's a weird one because it wasn't like bad enough to be funny but it wasn't like good yeah. enough to be interesting where it's like hulk was bad but that was but that was bad enough to be funny like there were some pretty fucking primo moments in hulk i mean even him saying hulk smash at the end that's like an iconic moment for me because i'm like that is so stupid but i enjoy but it was fun like i was having i was like i was just i was just embracing the like the silliness and stupidity of the entire thing and i kind of enjoyed it like on that level this was that like weird thing where it was like it was like so close to not being horrible. It was like the acting was there, the budget was there, the CGI was there, the costumes were there, like the villains looked cool, like at least. Like even like, you know, some of the scenes with like the like the Aether stuff where it's like it, it, it's a, it's almost kind of like a horror movie where like, you know, Jane Foster's like levitating above the ground and these like red yeah. tendrils are like coming out of her fucking eyes like it's like there were like moments where i was like oh the, you, this could have been but it just ends up being this like forgettable annoying like you know thing like there was like a point about an hour in where i like paused the movie just to see how much longer there was and i was like actually upset that i was like oh my god there's still so much more of this left to go <laughs> did you watch this with allison by the way i did and watch this with allison? classic allison thoughts dude like legit allison's thoughts like it's it, it's the same as mine i asked too and she was just like and she was just like this movie sucks like it was like <laughs> that, 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 that was the allison thought like even she's not even a part of this podcast and even her opinion couldn't be elaborated on past the point that this movie was awful which is kind of where i was at too where i'm like you know normally things happen and i'm like oh there's a couple directions and i'm like oh why'd they say this when they could have like i'm at least engaged enough in what's happening to be able to like hit you with some like criticisms that you could only really have if you're like engaged in it but i think her much like me it's like there's just nothing to engage with here it's like it's just fucking you're just watching flashing lights on a screen and drooling like and then the movie's done yeah. it's like that's it dude i just remembered this moment because again i've forgotten some of this but as i'm reading through my notes i remembered this moment you were talking about how jane gets on top of thor to try to protect him from the falling ship right well what i forgot about that moment is that uh the the ship gets teleported at the last second yeah. before Ooh, they right. get smashed. Right. And then you see Malekith's face as if it's like one of those old cartoons, <laughs> yeah. right? Where they're like, they think they've dodged everything. They're safe <laughs> on the ground. And then they look up and all of a sudden something's falling on their head. Yeah. It's just like, what another weird... <laughs> 
what a weird moment to like have Malekith like safe on the ground, thinks he's good, back at the dark world, and then he looks up and eyes get big, and there's yeah. a ship that yeah. falls on. Yeah, him. he's like he's like he's like he's like Wiley Coyote. He just like holds yeah. up a sign that says "That's all, folks," and he's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then a building falls yeah, on. Yeah, I have yeah. a really good way to improve that scene. Is right yeah. as uh, right as the ship's about to fall on Thor, Jane comes over, and then out of nowhere, uh, the Iron Man suit clings on to Jane. She gets an <laughs> Iron Man suit, and then she like crawls over Thor, and then the ship falls <laughs> on the Iron Man suit and saves him instead. Right, yeah, yeah. and then and then it yeah. pans over to Pepper Potts, who looks directly into the camera and winks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think that would be hot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also one of these things again that's um uh, also <laughs> I was thinking in this moment while I was watching this that how is this happening in London and no other hero is making any attempt to try to like come and help it's Thor, London, bro. right? Yeah. But then these two pilots in uh these fighter jets appear? Like did I miss where like they were called to try to take the ship down? Yeah, it, like, do you, do you, yeah, they release they release the entirety of the British Air Force, which is just, just two fighter two, jets, just two <laughs> ships. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, what? Oi, what? this is a bit weird, oh, isn't it? <laughs> who called these people out? And uh, it was very because that was it. Once those two got destroyed, there was no other. There was no other ships. Yeah, that was it. That was yep. just the whole thing, yeah. right? No, and yeah. So again, just very confusing. And also, there. There are three dog shit, uh, like, uh, what is it called? Dog fighting scenes in this yeah. movie. All th three. Okay, in a fucking Thor movie, you yeah, have yeah. three ship yeah. fighting scenes, yeah. and all of them, like, are the most boring fucking pieces of shit. Like, I know, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't understand, man. Well, and I want to I wanna call it, again, it's just another one of those things where then it's like, it's weird because there were moments that I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, even in that scene, it's. I feel like I'm playing the role of fucking Dan on this podcast, which is weird. I keep, I know, I, I keep being like, strange. oh, wait, but actually, but it is like, like I thought, I thought the moment where it's like Thor's trying to call Mjolnir back to him. But he keeps getting like teleported around, so it's like scenes of like Mjolnir like shooting in a direction, and then yeah. he's like teleported it, somewhere else, and then it like has to like refind him and shoots in another direction. Like again, like there were points where I was like, "Oh, that's like fun," but it sucks it's that a you cool idea. Yeah, it sucks that you wasted this fun idea yeah. on this piece of shit. Like you know, because I'm like, there were <laughs> like moments where I was like, "That was cool," but it didn't. You know, it sucks because this movie is not good. Yeah, there was one like. Yeah pretty brutal part um where they're fighting like the last cursed dude and then he gets like sucked up by the grenade but you can kind of see like his entire body like anatomy kind of dissolve and like yeah, his eyeballs dude. pop out of his face i know and yeah that well and, that, and yeah and that's kind of what i was saying too like as far as like the cgi in this movie goes it's like Dude, like when they're fighting, like the 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 frost giant dogs, like in the first yeah, Thor right. movie, I'm like that sucked. Like I don't give a fuck. People can say whatever they want. To, you know, we can sit over here. John can have a conversation about how you know uh, uh, CGI wasn't totally up to snuff at that point, and actually it was kind of cool. Can does not convince. I fucking hated that. I thought it was so <laughs> lame. But like the thing is, like in this movie, like the CGI parts, I'm. Like, 
like they're like legitimately good. Like that scene that you were talking. Well, there was like one part with like Jane and the ether that like yeah. it almost kind of looked like they outsourced it to like a different comp like it was just we i was like what the fuck this is are you bad. talking about the one where they like it, it she like has this vision of the ether and it's yes. like pixelated and like yep. the entire scene becomes like yeah, it was we weird it was and weird. contrasted and yeah it was weird yeah. because i'm like all the other scenes with that shit like worked and then you just threw this one in where i'm like this like this looks like this was like rendered on like you know like windows 98 like resolution yeah like a gif like it looks yeah. like it looks like it looks like they blew up a, like a gif and then are like trying to use it as like a screensaver on it so it was just looping on it like it was just not good no but, but like, see i would have liked that if it was consistent throughout the entire movie and the ether was just like this weird anomalous like otherworldly thing that sure, just appeared yeah. pixelated right. to you yeah totally because yeah. then they could have but yeah but they had like done it so well in the other ones that like that one but like but again, like, I mean, the thing, like, what John's saying, where it's, like, that dude gets, like, sort of, like, ripped apart and, like, sucked in on himself. I'm like, that was, that was good. That was cool. Like, fuck it, dude. Like, like artistically, that was sweet. And it was kind of this, like, you know, I mean, the character in and of itself isn't, like, that big of a deal. But it is sort of this, like, epic send-off to this villain that you've sort of been seeing the entire movie. Although him crushing the stone didn't matter. It, uh, a lot of other shit, you know, where it's like, he's like, I will crush the stone for you, my lord. And then he's like, but you know in doing so yeah. that it will suck your life energy until there is nothing left of you. And he's like, for the dark elves, I... Sh and then it's like that whole thing didn't matter. Yeah, he was fine. No yeah, he was effects. like just... He was just good the entire time and super. They had to kill him with a grenade. So it's like, why even have that speech, you know? But yeah, I don't know, dude. I fucking uh, uh, waste of time, bro. This uh, this entire movie. I think uh, this is probably a good point now uh, to, you know, normally we would go through and say, you know, Christian, what did you like? What didn't I like? Right. And then John for final thoughts. Of course. Uh, while giving yeah. some ratings. I think at this point, uh, what we should do is give just a basic recap of what all three of us thought uh -huh. uh, and our ratings. Okay. And that's it. We don't all have right. to go negative or positive. Just recap it. Yeah, recap right. it. So I guess uh, my thoughts on this movie are that it's uh, like horrible, but it's like the most atrocious, offensive kind of horrible where it's like, it's like you can't even like recommend it to someone as like a goof like you know just like a, oh hey you want to get fucked up and watch this horrible movie you know it's like you eat like hulk you could do that with you know or like you know movies like the room or troll 2 or whatever it's like you know there's like movies out there where you're like oh it's bad but like if you're like watching it with some buddies you know there's like themes that go through there's stuff to laugh at I think that like my biggest issue with this is that it's bad and there's nothing to point and laugh at. So it's just bad. Like it's like the stuff that it needs to do, it does serviceably. And that's perhaps as generous as I can be. It's like everything it needs to accomplish, it does in such a way that it's like, it's fine. And the stuff that it doesn't accomplish well isn't so glaringly offensive that it like is this standout thing you can latch on to. And I guess maybe that there's nothing to latch on to. The good parts aren't good enough to latch on to them. The bad parts aren't bad enough to latch on to them. The entire movie just kind of felt like a waste of time. 
And it seems like, you know, a thing that Marvel movies love to do is like add a little like 45 second recap, like into the beginning to kind of get you up to speed to where the story is now. And it felt like this two hour movie could have just been a 45 second recap stuck on the beginning of a different movie and it would have had the exact same impact. I am going to never, never before uh, done on this podcast, perhaps in the world, I'm going to go ahead and rate this movie a zero out of 10. (laughs) This, this has, I would never recommend this movie to anyone ever. I hated it. And even if you were a Dan character who you're like, oh, I really like these Marvel movies, I would still say, don't watch this one. It does nothing. The Infinity Stone is with the Collector and Loki is Odin now, and I just saved you an hour and a half of your life. Okay. I thought you might give it a one because there were, you know, some redeemable things. Thor's better designed and that he's moving in the right direction in regards to a character and that there was some cool CGI and that, you know, some of the basics. So I thought you might give it a but one. No, but a I'm just saying none of that made it worth it. Like, sure. Like, okay. it, like even in Hulk, and I know I keep bringing up Hulk because Hulk's the other sort of glaring example. Like even in Hulk, there were at least things like the, like nightmare man. Who's the guy at the end, the abomination or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I liked that, like legit. Like, I mean, it was stupid, but it was like, it was, but like, but like, I wasn't like ironically enjoying parts of, like, there were at least things in that movie where I was like, oh, okay, I do think that like this segment is fun or whatever. Again, in this, it was like, it was like it was like drowning. Like I was drowning in this movie. It's like, like I, you know, but like you come up to the surface for just enough to take another tiny breath, and then you're back in the ocean of this movie being fucking awful. It's like I would just never watch it again, and I would be really suspect of anyone who said that they like this movie. They probably have fucking bodies in their basement or whatever. Like maladapted individuals. We should get rid of them in society i think this should be the litmus test yeah all right well there you go um i the only word that came to mind when i finished this movie was boring that's it nothing to your point i didn't latch on to anything it didn't stick with me at all uh uh i i mean the infinity stone showed up cool uh it just yeah through this rewatch i didn't go oh that was cool to see because i remember that from future movies like there's so much from this movie that is never talked about again throughout the rest of the mcu that it just there was nothing here that i was like oh yeah that happens that's referred back to an end game or whatever you know um so it's just that's it it just it was boring it was unfortunate uh because again uh, Malekith is played by Christopher Eccleston, which is uh, the ninth Doctor from Doctor Who, and I love Doctor Who, and so I thought it'd be cool to see him in this role, and it just was boring. Uh, overall, my first ever three out of ten. Whoa! Look at us okay. go, dude. All right. I I hate to do it, and I really I was struggling last night. I messaged uh, Christian because John hadn't watched it yet. And I was 
I was just thinking in my head, I didn't want to spoil anything for us to, you know, talk about it today, but I was struggling. Like, I don't know that we're going to be able to do this podcast in the same format that we always do it. I don't think that I can come up with enough positives to keep this train rolling yeah. as if we were going to talk about it like normal. I know. And, uh, and to add on to it, because I don't even know if I can come up with enough negatives. I, like, I, like, I mean, again, cause yeah. like, it's just bland. Like, it's just this yeah. fucking bland. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like drinking like straight, like room temperature chicken broth or what, you know what I mean? It's like, there's just fucking, <laughs> there's just nothing there, dude. Like, sure. Yeah. Um, Okay. Wow. Three out of 10, dude. What? So what I said earlier, uh, is what I'm going to end with is that, you know, some Marvel movies kind of take on their own spins of like specific genres or whatever. Like, uh, the first Captain America would be a different genre than like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like a comedy, like super over the top, like everything's colorful right? Everything's bombastic. This movie is the lo-fi version of a Marvel movie. Um, the characters are flat. The settings are flat. The action is flat. The color grading of the movie is flat. Um, the emotional beats of the movies uh, also flat. And it's basically like this is the movie you would put on if you were trying to get to sleep and nothing else was boring enough to get you there. But even then, you might as well just put white noise on and be happy with yourself. Um, it was a movie. It did have a story structure um, where other better movies would have, like, you know, if you were put it on a graph, it would have hills and valleys. This one is more of a flat line. Um, so my rating would probably be a two out of ten because it is a movie it had components of a good movie but they didn't do anything good with it and there it is all right we got a three out of ten a two out of ten and a zero out of ten for thor dark world yeah this was yeah this might this might be the last time we actually like agree on it it's sort of funny that it like it really breaks the format of what we're trying to do when we actually just agree but we were just both like yeah this movie is just not good dude like i don't know yeah we just we knew we had to do something different today uh because i i think at least one of us would have fallen asleep if we did the standard format today oh yeah yeah Um, i honestly wanted to do a two-minute episode and be like there's nothing really to say about this see you (laughs) next week yeah yeah, but we had to do something, right? So yep. uh, next week, or next episode, I guess, two weeks from now, will be Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. And then we've got uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, and then Ant-Man. And so really looking at the rest of these, I'm excited to watch all of these ones. Like yep. these, I'm ready to watch. I'm good. Thor, I was in that kind of mindset of, Maybe in this rewatch, I'll have a new appreciation for it, like I did for some of the Phase 1 movies. That didn't happen. But I can confidently say I'm excited for the next four movies here in Phase 2, and uh, I think we'll be able to go back to normal format starting uh, next episode. All right. Well, with that being said, thanks for listening, folks. Sorry for the shitty episode. We'll see you next time (laughs) with a good one. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.